Damn. Bam. I'm sorry, people. I know it might get some of y'all to jump on there, but damn, that dude hit that wall on there. But Danger Boy looked dangerous. Danger Boy looked dangerous. Danger Boy was dangerous. I just want to hang out with him. I want to want to go to dinner and I want to learn about new things. He's going to teach me about something I ain't never heard in my life. I'm going to learn new things because Max is around. He's just like a positive guy. Look at a positive guy on there. So Max Anderson. What's up, everybody? You know who it is. It's your boy, James Stewart. And you know where we at. We at the Rewind, baby. Round five in Houston, East Coast football stadium. After last weekend, all the th- hell broke loose with Eli going down, jumping in the hay bales. He could have been a brother. He could have been a steward. Would the champ rebound this weekend? Or would Sexy Sexton continue on with the momentum? So we're going to have to figure it out. And you know what we're going to do? Let's go get into it. At Houston, we're in the football stadium, the real football stadium, not the soccer style, the, the real football stadium. And this is one of my favorite places on the circuit. I, I like the dirt here. I like the stadium, the crowd in Texas. It was always awesome. You get on the East Coast, the fans get excited. Fans are excited on the West Coast. But here, I think riders feel a little bit more at ease at home. They're, it's more like a business. They're traveling to the race. Um, most of them are in Florida or they're going back to Florida. So it just always feels like you get more relaxed when you get back to Houston. And I had some good performances. So it just feel good in that stadium. So a lot of these guys, you know, coming in, they were excited to get out of the West Coast. You had a covered stadium so you don't have to worry about rain. And um, the track looked pretty fun. Um, to me, it didn't look super hard. And you have like two beginnings of, of the year. You know, you got the the first race and then the track's a little bit more mellower than how the, as it continues through the season. And then once the first East Coast, they do the same thing because these the East Coast riders, they're getting here. It's their, their first race. So they won't make it super tough. So it's kind of like a little bit, you know, a little bit more mellower track compared to the last couple they had. So I feel like this track was fun it was open as you get into the football stadiums you get into 180s and stuff and this track was set up on momentum and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute but it was based on like if you can carry momentum like chase was you had an opportunity to do the same thing everybody else to do um was doing but a lot faster and when you look at chase his momentum around the racetrack by his line selections was why he was a second and a half to two seconds faster than those guys most days. So we'll get into that in a minute. But overall, I thought the track was was cool. It is cool to see Dirtworks, you know, switch it up. As many races and tracks they built, like it's always um, awesome to see them just come up with something new, like the start going Take it off the gate, you know, 180 going back across and over the, the tunnel jump was just different. And say it was better, it was just different. Um, and there wasn't too many issues in the first corner. So overall, I thought it was good. It felt like there was maybe some jumps you possibly could have done, maybe some rhythm sections down the one after you come back across the start and back across. And um, you had that single, then that on off right before the whoops. But it, there was no point of doing that because you would end up singling in the corner. So overall, um, the track was pretty like simple but fun at the same time. And um, yeah, it, I felt like it was for some some it was good for the the, the younger kids coming in and, and the East Coast guys and, and good racing as well. All day, Chase was super fast, not just fast, 
he was super fast. Fast as boy. Still fast as boy. Like when we when we start looking at the way the season was and momentum and I always said like mind control, like mind control over Debo, like what, you know, others think and how you feel it's, it's a mental battle because it, it wasn't like he showed up on a different motorcycle. It wasn't like his bike was like something new this weekend. I'm sure they always tinker, but I think even Laura said like it was really just chase. And after getting that win last weekend and then Eli going down you know, it was just more what Chase felt. And you can sense it from the the free practice, he was fast. Second, the first practice, he was super fast. And those guys weren't even close. And when, you, when you're looking at, if I'm Eli, you know, if Chase does one lap, okay. Chase does another lap, like, all right. Chase was, his probably third, fourth, fifth lap was faster than Eli because the, the between the first and the second one, um, his fastest time than Eli's and most of these guys was second and a half almost two seconds and on a track that like he wasn't doing anything any different than anybody else you're trying to figure out like where the heck is this guy figure uh, making his time and there was a few spots on there and a lot of it just came from how his attack angle going into jumps like Chase was had more lean and he was shaving off on some of these jumps and we'll get into that in a second but Chase would just be able to make time up and speed his momentum around the whole racetrack it was just faster than everybody else. Coming into the main event, you had to think Eli was in a zone where he was like, dude, I know I can't beat this guy off of speed. Like he just passed me in the heat race. Um, all I all I can do is try to hold shot and and be up front and make Chase have to come up. So that's what he did. And to me, with Eli doing that, it's such a I wouldn't say power move. But it goes back to like knowing how to win, just like the outdoors, like knowing how to win and just figuring it out, being a champion and figuring it out because you've been slow all day. This guy beat you, not just a little bit in the heat race. He dominated you. And then so to to try to pick up that much speed, you knew it wasn't possible because, again, he wasn't doing anything different. So Eli sat on that gate and he knew there was only one chance he had to win. And he executed that to the. I mean, to the fullest, he whole shot at the heat race, he whole shot at the main event. And I just feel like when you, when you look at Eli as a whole and the difference between last year, this year, or ever since he went on the star, as the year went on, that belief on just doing whatever it takes to win and just believing that I can still overcome no matter what says a lot. And so as a champion, like you do the things that you have to do. Some races, it's important just to stay up in the first corner and you know, like, look, I'm up, I'm going to win this race. I don't fall in the first corner, I'm going to win this race. And some races, you know, I'm going to get my ass handed to me if I don't hold shot. Like this guy's faster if I get him, if he gets on clean air, which if Chase would have got out in front of him, he would have beat Eli. If Chase would have got around Plessinger and Anderson, he would have beat Eli. The fact is Eli hold shot it and held on to that. I know they had the red flag, but he held Chase off. And when I when I saw that Chase didn't get around him within the first like five laps, I felt like Eli was going to win because what Chase was able to do, he couldn't do that behind Eli, you know, the line selections and all that. And, you know, they were talking about on the broadcast, like Eli stepped up, Eli stepped up and whole shot it. Eli Tomek, you want to bounce back from the big crash in Anaheim? You get the whole shot, Rick, and he's got it. But Eli didn't go any faster than he did all day long. In fact, you look at his lap times. Um, he was in the 52s and he was in the 52s all day long. Chase was the only one in the 50s. He ran a 50 in that heat race. He ran a 50 in practice. 
Chase was running 52s in the main event. So the race was dictated off of like Eli riding like he normally has. And I said this before, you know, when the situation, when pressure gets on there, I never got faster. I just rode more like myself. And with Chase, for whatever happened, that, that he didn't get the whole shot and he's gotten caught behind those guys, made a mistake, a couple mistakes in the sand section, which was the first thing I was like, uh-oh, made that mistake. Uh, Eli just kept riding more like he did, like champions. He kept riding like he was. And not saying Chase rode bad or he did anything wrong, but I just think that's the the part where you make others you, you have to mess their race up. You know, you, you got to get them out of their zone because if they're in their zone, like if Chase was able to route like he was, he would have blew past him just like he did in the heat race and it would be game over. Eli dictated it and changed it and stayed more like himself, but changed Chase to ride more like, you know, Eli was and run that pace. So it was just, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on. Those two didn't even really battle. But what happened in this race is so huge. Like, it, it just far as a mindset on, on the way this championship between those two, it was huge. And I say that, say this. I've never seen somebody be that much faster than anybody, like, ever. Like, anyone a second, a two seconds faster than the field and not win the race. Like, yeah, I was faster. And if I didn't win that race, if I was that much faster than everybody, if I didn't win the race, it's because I crashed. and Or something else happened. But, like, Chase was way faster than everybody else all day long, even in the heat race, even in the main event. He was fast, fast, faster than everybody else, but he wasn't as quick. But the fact is he was that much faster and then didn't win this race and got beat straight up. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. And what happens is next time they line up, if Chase is that much faster, you got to believe in the back of his mind. And for sure, and Eli, Eli still believes he can beat him on that because he just did. And as a mindset for with Chase, um, it's just going to be hard to get over that. And you can tell, like, on the podium, like, he was happy, but he was also, like, like kind of, I wouldn't say confused, but he was like, damn, like, this was my race. Like, I should have been able to get by him. It was, uh, it was still a good ride. I mean, it wasn't great. Eli was riding really good. I kind of expected it after the heat race. I knew he was going to be fired up. And yeah, uh, tonight I was just second best, I guess. But uh, yeah, that was tough to kind of let that one go and Eli get away. And-, and Eli was the opposite. Eli was like, dude, I didn't have an answer for him. Like I looked at the tape in between. I just had to go faster. Like I just had to be better. Dude was faster running the racetrack. Eli knew you couldn't go that much faster. And he knew he had to hold shot. So my point is, is that it's going to take Chase a few races to do this over and over again to think that to get what just happened on Saturday night out of his mind and what it tells me and what it tells Eli is no matter how good he is how much faster this guy can be like I still can beat him same thing with Chase no matter how much faster I am than this guy I still got to execute and hold shot and get out front and get around this dude because he can still beat me and if Chase would have beat Eli that moto it would have been game on on there like it's hard to stop a train when it's rolling and i just think the what happened on saturday night was so huge it's going to make this championship even more interesting because i think it could have got away from eli if chase was able to run away from him just confidence wise you know being young um so not saying chase is going to win this race is chase still when might win the championship he can go out and beat eli by 20 seconds next week but the fact is eli stopped that this week and 
he's just always going to feel like he has a chance no matter what. And I just think that was a, a big power play and Eli had to do that. And he did. So, um, for me, just watching that was, it was really cool. And, and I was thinking to myself Saturday night, I've never seen that. Like I've never seen somebody that much faster and like not win the race. Um, because they did, they didn't crash. You just got beat. And that was all dictated off the guy with the number one plate with the red plate. And that was a champ. So all day, Chase was quite a bit faster than everybody else. And, um, you know, you're trying to figure out, like, where was that time made up? Like, where was he going faster? And or was he jumping something different? And, and no, like when if you watch Chase, there were some points in even in the heat race and the main event. I think there was like five minutes left in the main event. You know, Eli's out front and they, they go down this across their start. They hit the triple. They turn. They hit that triple quad. They go back across the start. And then it's a 180, and then they go down that rhythm section right before the whoops. Well, if you just look at Eli's line and Chase's line, it's an example of where Chase was his momentum. Um, he was just going faster. His momentum was quicker throughout the racetrack. And when you, what you see is as he comes back out of that 180, hitting that single beat, going down that rhythm section before the whoops, Eli comes out and he stays outside. He rails that corner. And as he's coming into that single, he's basically straight up and down and anybody that rides you know if you're trying to scrub what do you have to do you have to kind of have a lean like you have to be turning to scrub to really scrub you can scrub straight up and down but it's more of a you're not able to do it quicker so what Eli was doing he was relling that corner and he was hitting that single straight up he was scrubbing a little bit and he was going on on that tabletop and going down that section well if you look at Chase's line Chase was going in that corner outside and then cutting down so as he was coming out he was almost he was still turning and basically when Eli was like this going off that single chase was moving this way so Eli was scrubbed chase was actually moving forward so his momentum from exiting that corner to hitting that single it was way quicker than Eli's and it, it what it what happens was he moved through that whole race uh, that whole section he was faster off that single and he was faster into that next, um, that on off. And just from that, the way he exited that corner and hit that single made that whole rhythm section faster. And so when you break down the whole track, Chase was doing that in a few spots, but that's where he made up time. And it was simple as you're watching it and you're like, damn, like the way he came out this corner, another guy came out this corner, like that's where the time was. And that's literally where it was. And so when you look at the track, I said the first two races were looked pretty good for the way Eli was, his bike setup and Cooper setup with the 90s and being, you know, real quick. Chase was better. Same thing in outdoors. Chase was better in the open sections, the sections you can flow. So with this race track, you really could flow on this. Like it was kind of like a slot track. Everything needed to be angled. Everything needed to have like an arc to the corner. And if you can keep your speed up around the racetrack and Chase did it better than everybody else, you could be quite a bit faster than all the guys doing the same thing. And so that section right there was one of them. Um, there was another section before the finish line. And there was, I think it was the lap after the heat race where Chase, um, Chase just got past Eli. Um, and he jumps into that single in that corner, cuts down and he hits the finish line at an angle, the double before the finish line in the angle, all those little sections, that's where Chase was quicker. He was quicker in and out. And basically what he was doing was instead of jumping straight, he was shaving the jumps off. So he was moving forward instead of up. 
and that rhythm section, the triple, quad, going back, all those sections, that's Chase was going forward. If you look at around the racetrack um, and that's where you put tents, you know, and, and all this time up, that's where he got his gap at. And so the other part was, is what Chase was really good at. And some of these other guys did it, you know, laps here and there was in the whoops. When you look at Chase going in the whoops, um, when Chase was really good, Chase would get into the whoops and there's a starter whoop, then the first whoop, and then the second one. Chase would get in there and use a starter whoop and as he wouldn't let his front tire touch until the actual second whoop, not the first one, the second one. And what that was doing was his momentum going into the whoops. He wasn't stopping going in there. He wasn't, his bike was the speed that you have to kind of carry to get over that first whoop and get in that. Like if he got planed out and his front tire landed on that second one, he was actually super fast. And we got a video of it right here. Um, even if his front tire touched the, the first one a little bit, like it was just tipping on it. But mainly he his speed entrance of the whoop was way faster. And what that allowed him to do was that he got on a plane. And once you commit into the whoops, like everybody knows, you can't stop. So if you got more speed going into them and you're able to hit where you want and get going, that's why Chase would pass those guys and be like a James Stewart path. You know, get into that thing and be like, da, 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 and go because you can't slow down. So once you get in there, you're like, all right, cool. I'm just gas it where the other guys were going in. And it was like they were hitting that first one and it was throwing them off. Can't go too fast because you're trying to touch that first whoop. So you kind of got to slow down or you're losing speed going into it. So Chase was like sending that. And when you looked at some of his passes, like he blew past Anderson, he blew past a couple guys um, in there and they showed like a uh, split time in on the um on the race and it, chase was like he wasn't fastest or second forgot where he was so you would think like on split times it wouldn't make sense right like james you're saying he's that much faster and whoops but on the splits like he's not well i could tell you one thing they must have hit the one time that chase hit the first whoop or made a mistake because dude was faster he wasn't even in the top five on there that's wrong on there not saying these guys are wrong. I'm sure the time that they took, he wasn't the fastest. But the way he asked Jason, was he pretty quick in the whoops? Asked Eli, was he pretty quick in the whoops? Dude was fast. And it was all about how he set up, basically committing into the, that, that first whoop um, and, and going into it. So um, in the main event, Eli was doing, Eli was hitting the first whoop and going there. But Eli had race. He was leading and he was dictating. So I think as the track got broken down, same reason why Chase was going inside in the sand instead of outside, you know, maybe he made a mistake in there because it, it does take a chance as you're going in there and you're hitting the woods with that much speed. But uh, maybe he made a mistake and he stopped doing it. Chase stopped doing that, and that's why he stopped. Um, he wasn't making that much time up in the woods. But overall, the whole race was dictated off of, like, when dude got clean air, he was able to run his lines the way he wanted, he was able to cut down, especially in the heat race. There wasn't that many rods getting into the whoops. He was that much faster. And when you add it all up, dude was going a second and a half faster than everybody else. When he was in second track, got broken down and he didn't do those things. Um, he was just like he was all year long. They were close, even though he was faster than Eli, they were still close enough where Eli dictated. And that's why you saw chase would catch Eli and couldn't do anything because Eli was out front and chase couldn't do those lines. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't a lot of passes, but when you start looking at the races, just look at line selections, and that's where your dude made his time up at. I, I believe certain tracks favor certain routers. 
you know, I believe the tighter, more technical tracks um, favors the more technical guys. And all these guys are technical, you know, but certain guys like Rod Whoops better, certain guys Rod Ruts better. Um, and so the first two races, when you had Cooper Webb, um, he's second in points. He was tied with Chase. Um, I felt like it, the, the way the tracks were and it got nasty and you had to start cutting down and, and coming up with new lines, um, it favored Cooper. And Cooper was riding really well. Cooper's still riding well. Um, but I think the track, and it helped him because just like last weekend, he could be quick, but it was shorter races. He didn't have that time to do the Cooper Webb stuff, like the you know where those guys down, the track got broken down. They slow down a little bit, and he just continues dieseling up. Um, this track didn't allow that. It was about speed and carrying that momentum. So with the 180s and stuff, I wouldn't say it doesn't favor Cooper because he's won a lot of races in, on the East Coast. In fact, he's won he, here at Houston. Um, but it's a the way this track was, you, you had to almost kind of change your riding style. And it's kind of hard when you get in the zone of cutting down, being far on the inside. Well, at this particular track, that was not it wasn't the best. Like you had to open things up and keep it going, just like I explained with Chase. And I believe like with Chase, it threw everybody off because they all were questioning. Like you don't get your ass smoked like that all day long and not be like, where is this dude making this time up? And I guarantee a lot of these guys are like, like I, I know my bike set up. I can click, click change a fork here and there, but I can't make it that much time. Where's he making it? Where's he making it? And they couldn't figure it out. Um, so with Cooper, you know, I just think with him, like, you know, he's, he'll do it. He's just got to open his stuff up like momentum and, and not just Cooper, a, a lot of people like, you know, when they go back and look at this tape, like you just go back and just see line selections and, and all this stuff. And, and all these guys know about this and it's kind of hard as you're in the middle of it and like doing that in a race. Um, but when you, when you look at the whole picture, it's pretty simple. Like, I mean, it wasn't like he was doing anything different. It's just open it up. So even with Cooper um, and some of these other guys, like they just, they just had to open up the corners like they had to open up. The track didn't break down. It wasn't enough uh, 180s. I mean, uh, what wasn't enough 90s to to slow chase down or slow somebody to have momentum up. Like the quicker you can get put this whole track together, it allowed you to do that. And there wasn't anything stopping you from doing that. The only place that broke down was the whoops. And um, and that dictated some things. But overall, I just think with with Cooper and, and some of these other guys like if the tracks are like this, you know, you, they they have to change. So at the end of this rhythm section, um, Eli shifts up over the last like triple into the corner right before he goes to the 180 into the whoops. And what it looks like from here is that as I was talking about how you can open this track up and keep momentum up, this is one of the, the areas that I say that because it looks like he shifts up on that um, in the middle of that at the end of that rhythm section going into that 180. And he has so much momentum in that corner because you're not stopping. You're just hitting the 180 and going in that he doesn't have to use the clutch or actually, you know, shift down and use the gears to build speed up going into whoops because he has momentum going around. So when I say you can open this whole racetrack up and it was about momentum, I think why he shifted up right there is because he had enough speed and just he went up to probably third gear in there and just didn't have to shift going into the whoops on there. That does two things. It just keeps his momentum kind of the same. The bike doesn't have a, um, when you're shifting like that, you got to do another movement 
or it has too much spunk going into it. I think it's a lower gear in that corner. You're kind of rolling into that and you can, instead of worrying about shifting, you can kind of set up and, and skip a process and get more focused going into the whoop. So he doesn't have to move his legs again. He doesn't do anything. He can come out of that corner and just really get focused for the whoops because he doesn't have to shift. So I think that's why he shift up um, on that triple landing and going in that. To me, that was a very slow pass through the whoops on there, which looks like he was in high gear. Um, but that's a very cautious, um, consistent look. Uh, 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 uh. And I think that was that's what it looked like to me. So good call, Cole, on that. And again, all this was dictated because there was so much speed you can carry around this racetrack. He was able to do that. He wouldn't be able to do that, you know, coming out of a, a 90 on there. Otherwise, he'd be like, eh, 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 yeah, you know, he would have that kind of going. So overall, I think um, it's kind of like when guys, if they have like a 90, then a double and they have like speed going into the whoops, like they can come off that double and like shift up in the air to that next one and don't have to shift going into the whoops compared to if you come out of 90 and go straight into the whoops, like you have to actually shift. So they come out the corner and they have to shift real quick and then set up to try to get the speed going into the whoops. Otherwise, like they, they won't have enough speed. So um, basically anyone that was able to enter the whoops fast on there, you just saw that momentum carry all the way through it. If you screwed up the first three whoops, then you had a problem because the whoops were cupped down and it's hard to build momentum going through whoops. It is hard to build momentum going through whoops. Um, you know, your your back tires lower. Like there's just so many other things that's going on and you can't build it. That's why when you see guys get past, like when Chase passed those guys, he gets in and then all of a sudden it's like, whoo, like halfway through it, he just blips past them. Jason wasn't like he was going way, way slower in the beginning part. It's just that he couldn't build up speed. That speed that Chase had going through it, he kept it all the way through because he skipped the first one or he just got in a lot better. And that's why he blew past him. So, um, but it also takes confidence and commitment to be able to do that. And it is a chance. But to me, like when I look at whoops, I always felt like the deeper, the lower I got into them, the more, the more my suspension had to work uh, more, the more I had to rely on that, the more issues I was going to have. So if I can hit the top of them and the only issue I would have was to make sure when I hit that first whoop that I didn't get a bounce and I miss one because that's the negative of like missing the first whoop. You can get in and then your front tire hits lower or whatnot and so you can skip the next whoop. Then you got a problem. But if you can get into that, you're hitting the very top of the whoop. If you're hitting the very top of the whoop and you can hit every single one, then that means you're kind of missing the cut part of the whoop. So it's actually a lot smoother, kind of like the speed bump. You know, when you go slower on a speed bump, doom, doom, you hit that thing, it's like that. Well, the negative to that is sometimes you can, in the minivan, you can blow the goddamn front end off of the thing because they just break off. But, you know, that's a negative. But overall, it was smoother in the car until you look back and your front license plate sitting in the back. So same thing in the whoops. So when AP comes out, he does the same thing with Chase, but he does it in a way where it's a little bit safer because AP goes in that corner low on there. And so when he's hitting that, he knows he has to skip that first whoop to actually get any kind of speed because he went on inside inside. So if he hits that first one, he's really going to be slow. So he's able to skip on the first one and you can see his entrance. is actually pretty good but he doesn't have enough speed 
and momentum. As I said, you can't build speed going into that. So he doesn't have enough momentum. And as you can see it, when he gets towards the end of him, he kind of starts swapping around, but overall he actually catches Jason through it. And that's all because the way he got into him and, um, you know, overall, like, I think he, when I looked at the, um, the footage of the race, it was the best people, the fastest through the whoops was AP and chase chase was going outside and really getting more momentum going into him. Um, AP was skipping the first one too. So his interest was better. I actually thought Justin Barsha rode really well this weekend too. Um, and I think Jason rode pretty well this weekend, a couple guys, but you know, I, I feel like AP, something happened to him. Um, he said maybe he got like messed up when Chase got it or Jason got around El Hamde, you know, bust out his nine, like, Hey, 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 Hey. And he's like, nah, dude, I just want to go, want to go hunting. I want to shoot, but I don't want to get shot. Um, and it kind of threw his race off, but I actually thought AP rode well this week, um, which he's been riding well all week. And again, when I looked at the whole KTM setup, their whole team in general, like, the bikes are better because AP looks good. Like Cooper looks good. And this weekend, AP looked like he looked racy. Like he looked like he compete and whatever happened that he went backwards. It wasn't because he didn't have enough skills and he wasn't quick enough. Um, you know, AP was riding good and I almost feel like I want to throw out, just like I said, with Cole, uh, Colt Nichols, like I feel like AP, he's good enough to win. Like he really is. Like when I watch him ride and I've seen him at practice track, like AP could win on there. Like the way he rides and, and this weekend, like he could win why he ain't doing that. Like it's a mental battle, all these other things that come into it, all these guys could win. But um, I just visually watching AP, just like I said, with Colt, Colt can get a, a, a podium. I suspect that he's a top five guy. I see the thing. I see AP, he's fast enough to win. Um, and hopefully he does. Cause he, he should. We had another rookie with Justin Cooper um debuted this weekend and i was excited to see him ride because i felt like you know when you look at him he looks so small on the the 250 and he's real light whole shot but like he may put a little bit of weight but his issues has been like um you know being injured but i was excited to see him ride because the the things that he does on a motorcycle like he's super technical and just as a fan i just i wanted to see how he looked on the racetrack and to me like he actually looked like he was he looked good, especially at the end of part of the race. Like he looked like he was solid on there. Now I'm sure he was being extra cautious and, and trying not to take no chance to just finish in the races, but he looks like, I mean, he put on a little bit of weight. Like it didn't look like the bike was too big for him. He looks solid. And like, uh, if he builds confidence, just like he had in 250 class, like he could win on there. Like he has the talent to win. So it was cool to watch him ride on there you know you could tell he was being cautious but overall like he looked good at the end of the part of the race and as the laps going on you could tell he was getting confident and he was the only person after the whoop section going double and then going over that little that um tabletop where that dude ran into that wall underneath that over under um he was the only person that was going double out of that corner and then tabling over single or whatever it was and then tripling single in that corner like he was the only person doubling out the corner everybody else is going roll then jump onto that tabletop and it was like damn why didn't everybody do it in practice they was going outside and tripling on top of that table but what justin was doing is why i get excited to it because it's the little things like that that double and i'm like that just makes sense like watching it just makes sense doing that because no matter what 
if you go double, they can't pass you anyway because you've already pulled away because you doubled, they roll. Uh, but just little things like that. I was excited to see Justin um, at this race. I don't know what kind of program they got him on. Like they were saying he was going to do like four, four or five races. Like, I don't know if he's got Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, where they do that in basketball, that load management. Like they, they want him to, you know, four races. They don't want him to be too worn out, whatnot. It's like in NBA, these dudes, they play a couple nights and they take off load management. Don't want to get knees, want to stay fresh. So maybe star got some on the load management program, which we have to come up with a new term for motocross, but I don't know. He looked good, and he needs more time on there. But overall, I was excited to see Justin that coop back. No, so we're watching with Justin coming back. It was nice, and then you know AP riding good, you know Jason riding good, and so last weekend we had Ken. He got a podium, and um, you know I said it was a little bit more fight, and you know with the triple crown, like you know there's this points game, you know finishes, you know your overall gets your overall. So um, coming in this weekend just watching Ken, just like I did the other f- couple races, I just feel like he's in a situation where I'm just shooting straight. The bike's holding him back. Like, uh, and it's not a knock to anybody. It's not a knock to Zuki, not a knock to his team because they're trying. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, it looks like he is struggling. It just looks like they, um, like, for whatever reason, the bike just looked old. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Um, watching him, like he he's struggling, and th- and this ain't coming from Ken. Like Kenny ain't telling me this. It's me watching it, and just like with KTM last year, they struggled on there. But the the whole KTM, the factory, like they were invested in making that thing better. Hopefully, with Ken getting a podium and he's bringing that brand, like they start Suzuki internally starts investing in in back into supercross now i don't know if they are on there i'm not saying they aren't maybe they are but they went away for a while it was surprising he chose that brand and he's out there racing now so it takes time it's not a light switch you know so maybe next year it'd be better or the end of this year but right now he's struggling and it's a fact that like kenny is i said at a1 like as good as he he was i feel like that was or maybe I said it off camera, I don't know. But at A1, Kenny looked good. But that was kind of like the ceiling. Like, I, he couldn't go any faster. And as the the more he tries and all that, like, he's going to hit a plateau. And that's what I see. Um, and I just think it's a lot, the, the, not the team, but just the, the whole Suzuki program and everything else. Like, them being out where these other teams are working day and day and night and investing in that. And over time more money they put into that it just takes time to get it done but they eventually i don't when i'm watching suzuki and ken roxon it's just sad to see that like he is struggling and it's it's a bike the bike's holding him back so um the good thing with for suzuki and that whole team and ken roxon the dude the german chocolate is so talented that he can ride around a lot of it and be better than like maybe he should be but when you got toe smacking el hambre Sexy Sexton, the Coop, the Web Factory, the Plessinger, and even Hello, Mr. Cooper coming back, and all these guys, the Nichols and all that, Coke 45. The talent's so good that you have to have a team. You have to have support from the, the factory. You have to have support from the old girl, the Waffle House lady. You got to have support from everybody to compete. And right now, um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it in the sense of they just have to continue working and they have to spend the money to do it. And maybe they are, but right now it's a little late in the game to do it. And Ken Roxon is struggling right now, but the German chocolate, he's out there. So part of coming into Houston, it's the first East Coast race. So you get a chance to feel like the East Coast is like the outdoors, like after you get from Loretta's, like you get excited to watch Unadilla or the first race back because you get all the the rookies, kids moving up from Loretta's coming into this. So this is like most rookies go to the East Coast because um, they're closer from home or whatever. It's just not as much pressure. Um, you don't want to show up at Anaheim 1 as a rookie, which... I did, you know, but I showed up in pink and I was crazy and I crashed 18,000 times too. So, um, you just see a lot of rookies on the East coast. It's kind of how I always been. So, um, you had, you know, Hymas, Danger Boy, Deegan, um, you know, a lot of kids coming up. Not only did you have veterans, but you had these kids. So, you know, the East Coast, I was excited to see it and see how these kids would go. And it's cool to watch. We just was watching these cats at the Futures like last weekend, everyone but Hymas um, out there. So, and we still have um, Francisco. He was out, you know, some, the far East Coast. We missed you, baby. We missed you. And you got to come back because, yeah, Hunter was pretty damn good. You know, he was pretty damn good, even though Jordan Smith and a couple of star guys, they were good. The thrash, you know, they crashed a few times. But I think far East Coast would have been up there racing because, you know, he wanted to get him back from, you know, last time he raced. So you had all these rookies coming in and some guys are more rookies than like rookies. You got like the red shirt freshmen, which I would say like the Danger Boy and, and the high miss and stuff. And then you got Tom V.I., which is a rookie, but. He's also a world champion in there, so he has a little bit more experience. But overall, it's the first time on a Supercross track. And the first time I seen him was right before Anaheim. You know, went out to uh, Eldon's place, and I was like, damn, that kid, like, he's going to be good. And it wasn't like the – the when you think of the French, like, you know, with Marvin and um, even Villemin back in the day, they, like, jumping through the whoops, or sometimes they struggle through the whoops. Like, this kid was, you know, was good. Like, he looked – Americanized in the sense of like he looked like he fit on the Supercross track and being that he hasn't raced Supercross ever um, and Europeans really struggle with Supercross um, more because that's not what they do he looked good and he looked good then and he looked good um, Saturday night like out of all the rookies I would say he looked the best then Hymas and then, then Danger Boy Danger Boy, when I watch him, he has like the most like spunks, you know, like dude railing those corners and like just sending it, love it, sending it, you know, but he still struggled on certain parts of the track, but he he looked good and he, he looked better than he did last weekend at the, um, the futures race. I think the track lended itself is a little bit more easier, but Danger Boy looked dangerous. Danger Boy looked dangerous. Danger Boy was dangerous. So he looked good. So he'll continue to build. Hymas looked good. Hymas looked like he um, was, I guess, how he looked last year in the futures. Like he looked settled. And he, like at first, I didn't even think he was a rookie. Like he was up there battling with those guys. And the only thing for him is just confidence. He's young, just like all these kids are. And just being out there, getting around people, stadium and all this stuff filling it out and shout out to the AMA and Feld for allowing these kids to do the futures 
and like bringing them up like that because I do believe that helps these kids. I know when the lights got turned on at Anaheim, the first time I ever got in that and having to compete like for a championship, the fact they can come out here and have a chance to rod under the same settings without the pressure um, and have a chance to kind of pre pre-race before they start coming in here and counting, I think is helping. And it's a little bit different than the arena cross. Like you get out here and you race with Eli Tomac, Chase Sexton and all these guys. So you had a chance to do that during the futures. So shout out to the whole Feld AMA and everybody who set that program up because it definitely makes these rookies a lot more prepared um, than in the past. So that's a cool program. And so when I watch Hymas, I was like thinking like maybe he was like a veteran with an older number. You know, sometimes these guys, they drop back, they switch it. He looked good. It's just for him, lights on and getting around that competition. And he hasn't raced for a while. You can tell like things start happening pretty quick, but the kid looked good. And I, I do believe HRC between the Lawrence brothers, Hymas and, you know, Chase, you know, they, they actually went through the draft class. And when you say they got young talent and the draft stock is there, they got a good program um, going. And it's kind of opposite when you think about Honda back in the days, like they would go out and they, at one point they had like everyone except for Jeremy McGrath, like the Azure Lusk, um, you know, Billman didn't ride, but it was like Tortelli, LaRocco, Wyndham and all that. Like there was the older guys, but they were the guys that compete. Now it's like they went back to draft status and, um, you know, they get the guys as the younger kids and, and develop them. So it's cool to see that. Um, and Hymas looked good. D- Danger Boy looked good. But I say Val, uh, Tom Vial looked the best on there. He was able to hold shot. He didn't look like he was a deer in the headlights out front. The, uh, the Americans, we came in a little hot. Hunter Lawrence was jumping off the track. He can thank me, by the way. Excuse me. He can thank me. Because back in the day, oh, your boy JS7 used to land off them triples on them hay bales. And Phil said, we got to move this stuff before they kill somebody. So, Hunter, you jumped out the track. You know why? There was a hay bale there because, or a tough block there. Because me, I used to jump on them and they said, for safety, we're going to have to move these things. So, even though I haven't raced in years. And even though it's been a mile since I jumped off triple on the hay bale. You can thank me, baby, because they ain't there. Because I kept landing on that jet. Sorry, I kept landing on that. So um, you can tell he came out that Val was coming over. He's like, I don't know this cat. I don't know. I don't know how they do over in GP. He might still be coming over. And you know what? I know why he jumped off the track. I just figured it out in my head. He remembers Styles Robinson. Uh huh. Back in Southwick. Last time somebody cut over him like him. You know the video. You know, he's like, ah, he was still hot like that PC pipe. So when dudes start moving over, he was like, hell no, nah, I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. I ain't going to be trying to matrix this thing. That's why he jumped off the track. So Valley, he wasn't even that close to him. And he was like, <laughs> so, you know, he, that's why he went off. So anyway, he got back on and he passed these cats and he looked good. He was gone. But I just feel like back on the rookies, they look good and they're going to continue to build. But Hunter. You had some deja vu with styles, but you can thank your boy JS7 for them tough blocks not being there. And how is your East Coast? And we're going to give it to you because you know what? You know what we got to do? It's the first one of the year for you guys. And I just don't think it's fair not to give you a special neck burn. And it was just exciting to see you look good. You look good all day long. You wasn't that fast in practice, but when it count, you showed up just like you kind of always do. And you're like, I know my brother behind here donutting these fools on there. I know, you know, Jet, 
he didn't have the best last race and he was pissed on their damn triple crowns. But it's my time, the hunter. I'm about to show these boys. And what you about to show them? Hit it from Cope. Suntan, neck's on fire. Neck was on fire. Hunter Lawrence almost said Jet, but that would be wrong. Hunter Lawrence, congratulations. You got a neck burn from Houston and the far East Coast. And we're going to go to the next one where the real neck burns. I wouldn't say the real neck burns because the 250s, they count too. Now, the champ was down. Last weekend, champ was really down. He was jumping on hay bells. And he said it, people. We said it. He said it. He was like, ah, you know what? Damn, maybe I just was getting frisky. And I jumped on a hay bale. That was my fault. And I said, I don't think it happened again. Like, Eli had to own that. And so when he showed up this weekend, he was like, I'm going to be back. I still got the red plate. But I'm told Mac. I just won all these things. And I won last weekend, too. But I jumped on the hay bale. But Sexton came in there. He was like, you know what? I told you I was tired of this happening. And you were getting beat down all day. You know what you look like, Eli? You know, it was like Chase was coming in there like, Bam! Like, just hit you upside the head with the lap times. Hit it for him, Cole. Bam! That's what it was. He was hitting you upside the head. What happened after he raced? Bam! Come on, be quick. You got to be like, bam, 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 bam. On there. Bam! Exactly. And you were just getting smacked up on there. So you show up in the the main event, and you're like, look, boy, I got to get out front on there. I ain't going to have this. I'm tired of getting hit. You ain't going to hit me again. And what you did, you showed up. You whole shot it. They red flagged it. Fran, this get well soon. You were knocked out on the side of the track. You had the lady over there crying. We were all crying. We were like, damn. You know, when you get up and you got to clap for them people. I was clapping at home. I was like, damn, he up. I Cool. You know, red flag ain't not good. Last time I got a red flag, it wasn't good either. So, Fran just get better. But Tomac came in and was like, dude, you know what? I'm done getting smacked upside the head. And he went out there and he did the smacking. And he smacked Jason around. He was like, look here, you can be young all day, but it's still my world. My world is Eli Tomac. I'm doing the damn thing. And you know what? When Eli came off that track, you know what he did? He did like Debo did on Friday. He was like, who else wants some of Debo? Who else wants some of it? Cole, you're showing the video. Who else wants some? And that's what Eli did. And what he wanted was something to stop. He knew if he let this dude come on there, he might dye his hair blonde again. We don't want that, right? We don't want that. So Tomac came in there and said, I'm the champ. I got the red plate and I'm about to show you. And what I'm about to show you, this is my world. And with my world, what do I get called? Suntan. Neck's on fire. Neck burn up in there, Eli Tomac. You did it again. You did it again. And I just feel like when I watch you, there was like... Like, he was pumped. You had everybody else confused. And he was like, I like, diesel up in that thing. Like, most people like, ah, I just went, woo. Eli was like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of losing. I remember one time that I lost, like, a laughing practice or a heat race. And I got up on the podium next time I won. I said, I'm tired of losing. The lady looked at me like I was crazy. She was like, you just won, like, 8,000 in a row. And you lost one, but that's your mindset, the champion. You're like, I'm sick of getting beat. Yeah, I know I won everything else besides one race, but I'm sick of that one. You only as good as your last race, and Eli, you was six to your last race, so he turned it on. Cole has this highlight thing up there of Eli being fourth. I told you, just give it up. He's gonna be second. Whatever. Tomac, you're good. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time to do that ran into that wall. Maybe not his favorite time, Stu and Stu's. But first, we'll be right back.
What's up guys? It's your boy James Stewart. You see this shirt I got on? Now I know we all have family. We all will be coming out here. Everyone wants to be a part of Bubba's world. I want to be a part of it. Well, if you want to, make sure you click on this link because you can get this shirt. At least you can get this far. We got a bunch of things coming in the future, some exciting things. And I know you send in your videos. Maybe you can end up on the show that way. But if not, always make sure you get this pretty shirt, black and white, and some more coming soon. Click this link right here. Go get yours. All right, we back. You know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time. Stew and stews. Now, we always do what we do on there, and we always keep an original, so we're going to start off with a positive note. That positive note is the guy that is a stew. People who do it better than everybody else, like deep fault stews, no fault stews, any fault stews, maybe it was his start, a boss your fault, Jason's fault, whoever it is, it's a stew. You did it better than everybody else. Eli Tomac, you're a stew. As simple as that, you came up here, you deboed them dudes, and that was it. Now, Hunter Lawrence, you're a stew. You won. That's it. Everybody else, y'all stews. Now, why did I go to do that so quickly? Because I want to get to this next list. Stew. Pissed off. Pissed off because you're faster than everybody else on there. Pissed off because, like, I don't know. Pissed off because they put over on there and you kind of hit a wall. I don't know. Pissed off because you thought somebody was going to cut you off and you just envisioned Styles Robinson cutting you off with no tear-offs. He's still looking for them tear-offs and you had to matrix this thing. Pissed off, Stu. So first, Stu, of course, why I was so excited to get in this, Mr. Cody I just got shot. Well, that's his last name. Shot. Okay. Bruh. Bruh. Are you okay? Are you okay? I ain't, I ain't seen a dude hit a wall since some test dummies like that. The test dummies, they check seat belts and stuff. That's what you look like. Gets up there. It was your fault, too. You cross jumping. Not on purpose. You know, just how it was. Your teammate hit you in the back. Yeah, come off. You're like, yang, 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 yang. Now, there was a point that in all this things that was happening, you saw your life flash in front of you. What you saw flash in front of you was that wall that was coming in front of you, that monster energy sign or whatever it was. And, bro, you came in there and you landed. And your feet are off on their Superman. And at this point, you got to decide. You got to decide one thing. Am I going to hit the brakes or I'm just going to send it? And you decided what I would have done is send it. And you're off the back. You're like, ah, just, ah, bam, 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 bam. I'm sorry, people. I know it might get some of y'all to jump on there, but damn, that dude hit that wall on there. And it was like, for him to just get up like that and then show back up on the, 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 the last chance and then make the main event. Actually, you know what? Cody Shaw, you a stew. Because you were stunned. Like, I thought you were dead. Like, literally. I thought you was dead. You know, you had Ferrandis. He go down. Like, he was knocked out on there. But he crashed. You know, you know, things happen. Get well soon. Cody shot. I ain't never seen that. I was like, did I was, you know what's funny is that I actually went out. I was, I don't know where I was. I was somewhere where I was somewhere. I was watching the race actually on my phone. And... I saw this and I told the person I was with, I was like, dude, look at this dude hit this wall. Like, look at him on there. I was shocked that I was seeing Cody shot hit the wall and it was a shock wave. I felt it from Houston 
And I was like, dude, I had to show somebody. You know, when you see something so crazy, you got to show your friends and be like, ah, ah, ah. And they were looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, dude, look, you got to watch the dude hit the wall. It was like Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. It just didn't look right. I was shocked. And so Cody shot. You a stew for getting up after that. But I know you stew because we highlighting them. Maybe not. Like, you're going to get well soon, cars, even though you got. But you showed up on the, the LCQ. You got. You made the main event. But, bruh. Like, I know your life flashed in front of you and you decided, like, I'm going to send it. And you're just like, ah, whoever, Jesus, somebody take the wheel because I'm going to die tonight. And you hit that wall and then you got up and you're like, I know that shocked all y'all, but not Cody. Mm-hmm. So you stewed, but you're a super stew in my book. Cody shot. Now, the next one, Chase Sexton. You're like, damn, dude, how fast do I got to be to, like, beat this cat? Like, I just beat this cat, like, literally beat down this dude in there. And I was flinging it, flunging it, flunging it, flung it. I was doing all that stuff. And this guy's going to hold a shot and the champ going to just win. Like, what, what the, what's going on? And I say you, Stu, because I know you, Stu, because you want more. It shouldn't be you. You're good. Like, hey, the kid's fat. You're going to win. You're going to win. You just won last weekend on there. But I know you're pissed. You're like, damn, you got to live this one down and then have to relive it and then beat it. But you're stupid because you just you want more. You know, you're like, dude, I have plans to the to the, the salon this weekend. I was about to tip my thing out on there. I got to wait till I get it done. Jay Sexton, you stupid. Why? Because you got second and you should have won. You feel like you should have won. But champ did what he did. So there you go. And shout out to the Max Dynasty. I feel like he was a rookie when I was like back on Yamaha's back in the day. I feel like I watched him at Anaheim somewhere back in like 09, 10 on there. But that dude ain't never stupid. You seen him after the race? It's, he's like the guy that you want to like, if you're just in a bad mood, like just talk to Max. He'll make you feel better. Honestly, I've, I've dreamed for a long time to come up on these steps and uh Man, it's a, it's a great feeling. On there, like, he's just like the buddy that you, you I just want to hang out with him. I want to go to dinner, and I want to learn about new things. He's going to teach me about something I ain't never heard in my life. I'm going to learn new things because Max is around. He's just like a positive guy. Look at a positive guy on there. So, Max Anderson, you could tell the lady on the interview, she was like, hey, shut up. Shut up. Like, say something. Whatever. Turn it down, Cole. I knew I blew some people's ears out. But anyways, Max Anderson, good job. All right, people, that was it. I know it wasn't like that. I'm shocked. Cody has me shocked. Cody shocked. You a stew. Even though I didn't put you on the list at first, but you got to get on the list. And you stew. I don't even know why you stew. You should be grateful. You didn't die on Saturday night. But we were all shocked watching the shock hit that wall. And it sent shock waves. And then Hunter Lawrence with you and whatever. I, I lost. I'm shocked. I lost my train of thought. And that was whatever it was, people. All right. That was it from round five in Houston. But you know what you're going to see next week? We down here in Florida. And you're going to see your boy, JS7, on the pre-race show. Me and Wagon doing our thing on there. First one of the year. So I'll see you guys in Tampa. But of course, as always, I'll see you here next Tuesday. And we're going to talk about the same thing we talk about every weekend. And hopefully somebody doesn't send shock waves and we can just get some good racing. But it's going to be good racing because your boy is going to be there. So See you guys next week. That was round five for Houston where we had Eli Tomac with a neck burn, Hunter Lawrence with a neck burn, and Cody Shockwaves. 
running to the wall. Until then, is that it? Uh,